listening to Unscripted, the film show. Man, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? So we just, you missed that, I think, but uh, Cecilia just, just went naked. Naked. Because um, I'm sockless, not on my feet, but on the uh, microphone there. I forgot to We're put the sock back on. sockless. We are all sockless. Mm. I can Sam see socks. socks right in the background that we could grab. We could. Okay. We could do that. Multicoloured socks is like a yellow one, an orange one, a slightly less orange one, a black one and a blue one. All the socks in the world and we don't have any of them on our microphones. Well, I'm getting one. Ah, uh, you chose you chose the yellow one. Interesting. <laughs> it is my favourite colour. It is a nice colour, isn't it? Fair so uh, you are listening to Unscripted, possibly live on air or through uh, our podcast, uh, through the Gentleman of Pop Culture website or however you're getting it. Um, we've got like however you're getting it. Not going to yuck your yum if you're getting it through a different kind of uh, medium. That then. came out dirtier than you meant, I think, but <laughs> it, it came out very sure dirty. did. Uh, I was thinking on the drive in that uh, yeah, we, we probably should mention uh, that we are in Perth, Western Australia. Just for yes, people who, for clarity. Yeah, because obviously we've got the, the podcast and that goes all over the world mm. and people might be going, where are these guys? And so, yeah, if we, we tell you we're from uh, Perth, Western Australia, then uh, you might understand because you know, we talk about streaming and stuff like that mm-hmm. a lot on the show and Star came out last week and an interesting thing is is that depending on what country you're in with star and i think it's the same with netflix there's different stuff on there mm-hmm. so because mm. my mate nick uh who's in the uk said oh idiocracy's on uh star and i was going awesome i can go see idiocracy i think i actually spoke about it on the show last you week did, yeah. it's not on our star oh that's really upsetting yeah that's a, it's very annoying because i'm desperate to see that as well as a big fan of like Dax Shepard's armchair expert. I'm like, I really want to go back and rewatch that. So, but yeah, that's a bugger because yeah. you can't find it anywhere else. I know I've been looking for it on DVD, mm. other streaming services. I don't want to you know, illegally download. I wouldn't even know where to start doing that, quite frankly. No, neither um, would I. So it's, yeah, it's just one of those frustrating things. Is like I would like to see it. I'm willing to pay money to see it and I have no idea where I can do that. Mm. So, yeah, very frustrating. Very frustrating. Mm. But it also uh, it makes, it'll make sense to people why we actually can go to cinemas. Um, mm. I'm on a few groups on Facebook, obviously, that uh, have lots of... Of people who are based in America and someone posted the other day a just a couple of pictures of like a like a cinema like an empty cinema mm-hmm. and like the walkway as you walk towards the cinema and how longingly they wanted to be in a cinema and I just felt like oh I just feel kind of awful like we get to enjoy it and they don't it sucks but it won't be long hopefully things will start to reopen once the vaccine gets out there and it's all Tickety-boo, Yep, I guess. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't follow the news. I just wait to be told things by other people who do watch the news. Anyway, um, <laughs> we've got a crazy big show tonight. Um, we've got the Golden Globes, the WA Film Festival, French Film Festival. Like Lewis said, we've watched some things on streaming and we've got Endless and Judas and the Black Messiah, which I believe did David um, – who was in that? Somebody – 
Did they win the oh, award? Oh, Daniel Kaluuya Daniel. was in this film. I actually haven't checked the Golden Globes since uh, the. I, I checked who was nominated. I haven't seen who's been uh, announced the winners. I well, think Lewis is probably the expert. Uh, on, yeah, being on the only this, person, being who saw the only it. person who actually watched it. Um, I missed it due to some uh, mis- <laughs> miscommunication on my part. <laughs> but that's all right. Well, we may as well start the show talking about the glo- Golden Globes. Um, of course, I know that uh, no. Nomadland won uh, Best Director and Best Picture. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I know that you saw it and said it was fantastic. Yeah, it's actually officially out this this week, um, but I did a very early review um, due to some very early preview screening. So if you do want to hear more about that film or my review, um, check out the podcast. It, it's uh, available on, uh, I can't remember which episode number, but if you go through the little blurbs, it'll tell you. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, but a lot of people very, very up for that movie. So it is showing now in Perth cinemas, so um, if you're interested. I noticed that Sasha Baron Cohen's um, film Borat's subsequent movie film uh, won Best Picture Musical and Comedy uh, and he got the Best Actor. Yep. It's a bit sad that Hamilton Hill, uh, Hamilton Hill, <laughs> we're in Hamilton Hill, <laughs> that Ham- Hamilton didn't win one of those since I, they were put I, up against that. But. I agree, but then I kind of realised something. Mm. Think of all the Tonys Hamilton won. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> true, true. Because it is a, a stage play mm. and um, it's not a actual, like it's a musical, but it's not a, a movie musical, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it makes sense. I, I can kind of... I can kind of understand where they're coming from. Uh, and when they do make the... Sorry, I just <coughs> need to cough. Um, when they do make the eventual um, uh, Hamilton movie, uh, I'm sure that will win lots of awards. Do you think they'll do that? Oh, I'm sure they will. I think it would be weird in, in movie. You reckon? Um, uh, Alan says that Idiocracy is available to rent on YouTube for $5. There you go. Thank you very much. Font of information. Oh, my goodness. What are you on today? I have no idea. It's just everything's breaking down. (laughs) I'm getting old. Um, (laughs) Speaking about breaking down, Chadwick uh, Boseman's wife, uh, she read – she accepted his um, – his winning um, Best Golden actor, Globe, motion for, picture yeah, uh, for Ma Rainey mm. Black Bottom. Mm. I don't know anything about that film, but that was quite a touching tribute. Oh God, it was hard. It was hard. Like just, you felt so. Just, you just felt so much for her in mm. that instance. That, that must have been such a hard thing for her mm. to do. And I was, I'm pr- I was going, please be this pre-record. You know, let let her like do several takes because it's a very hard thing to accept your your husband who's passed away's mm. award. Uh, but yeah, it was. She did very well. It was. It was very uh, one of the the most moving parts of the evening. Yeah. Um, interesting that the that they were talking about representation in the Golden Globes because it's the Golden Globes is uh, voted on by the uh, International Foreign Pre- Foreign Press, um, and there's not a lot of uh, black members of that. So mm. they made a big thing about. You know, how, I don't think there's any. Yeah, I don't think there's any. Yeah, they made a big thing about how they're going to change that and get more representation uh, in the, uh, the 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 foreign press. Um, and so, yeah, that was a it was a good thing. But yeah, there was a lot of references towards that. And uh, oh, okay, yeah, it was uh, it was yeah, pretty much put on front street. So yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that's good. That's mm. good. Um, I saw Queen's uh, Gambit. Winner of um, best TV series and also um, Anya Taylor Joy got 
Best Actress. Well deserved. So I really, really need to get on top of that. Uh, of course, Gillian Anderson, Best Supporting Actress in a TV role for um, her portrayal of Margaret Thatcher oh, the, in The Crown. The Crown, like, The Crown nailed it. The Crown got, uh, like, you know, uh, the, the lady who played Princess Diana got an award, the guy who pra- played um, uh, Charles got an award, uh, and then, yeah, uh, and then... Um, Julian Anderson got an award as well. So I think they actually and won best like TV best TV series yeah. drama because yeah. I think Queen's Gambit was um, limited series, mm. I think There's, it's called. It's amazing like when you actually – because you, you've watched The Golden Globes before. You probably watched you didn't yeah, watch that, no? I, no. Oh, okay. no. Um, the amount of categories that they've got is just ridiculous. And, and like it's weird when they've got those combined categories, comedy and musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've spoken about it before. It's just dumb. It's like It is know, a very weird combo. Yeah, it's like you know, I don't have – like best musical and best comedy or or don't have I don't know I know it's because I think about like you know the greatest showman for example not a knee slapper no just a musical mm. and, and how many freaking musicals come out in a year generally speaking it's uh, maybe one or two well I mean there's probably a couple but mm. you know it just seems like don't don't shoehorn it into comedy because they're so different. Mm. Um, yeah, a bit annoying. I saw Minari won Best Foreign um, Language Film, which you reviewed a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, but there was also a little, little bit of controversy oh, really? surrounding that because a lot of people felt that being a film that was shot in America about a Korean family trying to chase the American dream with a lot of um, – they felt that it could have been included in Best Picture, not just being classed as, as a foreign film. I would was agree it, with was that. It, was it a foreign language film? Was it the yeah. whole thing in Korean or was it – It was – to be technical, mm. most of it was Korean, mm. yes. So but, – um, But then I think about Parasite was um, nominated for Best Picture at yeah, the Oscars. So exactly. there's a precedent here. Yeah. Exactly. I, I just felt like it was an interesting thing just considering the, yeah, it was shot in America, a lot of American producers behind the film. For example, Brad Pitt was a Amer- uh, producer for the film. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it is about a family who are in America chasing that American dream. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, happily saw that uh, Shit's Creek won Woo-hoo! the uh, best TV in a, a series in musical or comedy. Yeah, I, I need to get hold of uh, Prime for a bit so I can watch Ted Lasso because oh, it sounds right up my alley. Um, have you finished Shit's Creek now? You have, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And Lewis mentioned Ted Lasso a few weeks ago before the nominations even came out and um, I was looking for something to watch. So I, I need to get onto that too. But it's just trying to get all these streaming services. I know. I cancelled two recently. <laughs> I cancelled Binge and Stan. So there's room for two more. So, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't have time for two more. Just one. Just the one and I think it'll be prime because I do want to watch Ted Lasso and I want to watch Palm Springs, which we'll talk about mm. a little bit later on in the show. I felt, so, I felt bad hmm. with the Golden Globes. The person I felt most sorry for uh, was Olivia Coleman because uh, she's so used to winning things that she was nominated <laughs> twice. So she must have been sitting there and then they read out the name and she goes, that's not how you pronounce my, my name. Oh, <laughs> poor Olivia. Surely I've won. I'm Olivia Coleman. That's what she, I do. She's, she was nominated for the crown and then I guess the father. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the father though. So there, it sounds really interesting. Yeah. I I really really want to see it. Yeah, um, because I mean you've got two of the best, Olivia oh. Coleman and Anthony Hopkins, mm. and um, I think there's a little bit of a twist in there. Looks like a twisty twist film. So I I I love a twist. So I'm in, interested in seeing that one. So how do you, how yeah. do you feel being Josh O'Connor, the guy that played Prince Charles in The Crown, mm. uh, where he he defeat he beat Jason Bateman, uh, Al Pacino. 
uh, Bob Odenkirk and Matthew Reese. It's kind of like this guy who no one knows and all of a sudden he's won an award over these you know, actors who have been around for ages. Well, it's all in the ears, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his stance. The way he stands yes. is very... Because that's that was one thing I noticed a lot about Gillian Anderson in The Crown is that the way she uses her body as Margaret Thatcher is mm. like it's it's so spot on. Mm. So um, yeah. When when mm. Catherine O'Hare won for Shit's Creek, and I actually said like I called like her winning that uh, when when it came up, but uh, everyone's going oh that's uh, that's that's so sad that uh, the other people didn't win, and I was like come on. Look how old Catherine O'Hare is. Look how young the other people are. All yep. of them have lots more time to win lots more awards. They've got a lot of time. And Catherine O'Hara, how can, how can you how can you not appreciate oh. Moira? Maybe. <laughs> oh, she's so good in she's that. She's given love the her. world so many quotes. Oh, she really has so much joy. And in, I I aspire to be like her when I'm older. Well, m- maybe not so much the wigs. Not the wigs. We don't want but... all of the wigs with different names. No. But... Not mm. quite that, that um, yeah. For, but <laughs> <laughs> for me, the moment of the of the night or the the day as it is in Australia uh, was the best television actor musical or comedy series because all these people that are, are dressed up wearing like the, these beautiful gowns. Mm. And there was one lady that like floated in, looked like <laughs> she was floating in. The gown was so had this big thi- uh, like, hoopy thing, and it was, it was just amazing stuff. And there's uh, Jason Sudeikis on his Zoom call just in a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like. That's awesome. Well done, Jason Dacus. And then he's in a hoodie and he wins. And yeah, but see, were there any chicks that were not overly dressed up? I Do you can't recall? recall. No, no. I, um, I'd take the opportunity to dress up. Like, you know, if you've oh, been same. in quarantine or yeah. like lockdown for that long, I'd be like, yeah, I ain't hell, I'm going to dress up. And <laughs> then you'd be really annoyed that you didn't win because you couldn't really show off your dress. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, I applaud the, uh, the hoodie-wearing thing. Most of the people were sitting down. Like, if you're going to, like, dress up, uh, and then you need to put your camera way back and, mm. like, do a full body shot and stuff like that. I think most people were more relaxed. It was a very relaxing yeah. show. Mm. Um, and it was funny where, you know, Jason Dacus was just you know, doing his speech, but he, he didn't look like a guy who thought he had any chance of winning. Yeah. Yeah. He was just there because he was nominated. Yeah. He's like, oh. Me? That was me? He's got his headphones on. He's got no pants on probably. I don't know. (laughs) But he was honestly, I think he was just going, okay, Eugene Levy, Shits Creek, he's got this. It's it's, it's in the bag. I actually called Shits Creek. I said, that'll that'll be where it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, And then, um, yeah, Don Cheadle was there for Black Monday, Nicholas Holt for The Great, uh, and Remy Yusuf for Remy. Um, But then Jason Sudeikis got called and he had to, like, you know, take stock of it for a moment. Oh, okay, I won. Okay, and then then to do do a speech, and uh, Don Cheadle started to like haze him by just like going, going like this, and <laughs> wrap it up, guy, wrap it up. <laughs> oh, that's good. So it was it was good. Um, couple of good moments. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, I, I actually I really enjoyed. It. And uh, our friend uh, Gav put together a thing to go and see it. Mm. Uh, originally it was at this bar and then the bar called him the day before and said, look, uh, we're not going to have access to it so you can't do it here. And so he had his, his house, which is a, a one-bedroom apartment, uh, and it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was interesting. I don't, know, I don't know why he didn't say, uh, can we come to your place and use your big TV? And Well, maybe oh, that's something for next yeah. year. Yeah, next Except year. it's probably not going to fall on a public holiday. Oh, no, oh, shame. No. I think the Oscars are going to fall on Anzac Day though. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I might have to uh, organise a babysitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we could. We'd be bored to tears. Well, it's actually more fun when there's other people around. It's true. Because yeah. um, uh, Gavin, Stacey, uh, they arranged for little prizes mm. uh, so that if you if you won, it was oh, supposed to be. Oh, you missed out on prizes yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Damn oh it. Gosh. Well, if you'd only told us your phone number, then you'd know. Whoopsie. Yeah, so Cecilia... <laughs> Bought a new phone apparently a year ago. I just forgot to tell everyone that I had a new. But you know what? It's the day. It's just the way we work now. We message on Facebook, and it's very rarely that you use phone numbers. But unfortunately, the organizer of this event uses doesn't have Mm. anyway. My my bad. But I should have I should have texted you and messaged messaged you as well. So I apologise. Uh, but um, yeah, it's the, the little bottles of alcohol, like the prizes. Mm. And if you won the thing, you won the, the alcohol. So it made it more and more fun. So, yeah. Yeah, because it, it's generally very boring these shows. It mm. is, yeah. and then you've got to sit through a whole bunch of ads as well. Yeah. So. Well, that was. <laughs> yeah. I actually found that entertaining because uh, that's when you chat. Yeah. Well, no, at home, Kat and I don't have uh, Ariel plugged in. Oh. So we never see free-to-air TV with ads. Yeah. And so we're just like, this is what ads look like now. I know. <laughs> Are we, I don't watch anything but streaming. Mm. So when I do occasionally see an ad, I'm like, oh, okay. Have I gone back in time? <laughs> it is a bit like I that. Do, I do like the Golden Globes in that it does combine TV and film. Yeah. I quite enjoy that aspect. And um, I've just seen that, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya did win uh, Best Supporting Actor for Motion Picture for Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm. Yeah, so. Zoom was wasn't working though. Oh, yeah. Daniel. They did get him. They oh, did good. get him back. But I did not realise his accent was so English. I know. He's very British. I did um, not realise. Yeah. I would have hated to be the tech guys working on that oh, show. Could gosh. you imagine Be horrible. Oh, horrible. God. All of them have aged considerably, yeah. I'm sure, because it would have been a very stressful um, event. <laughs> Kevin Smith lives in the Hollywood Hills. And I imagine a lot of actors and stuff live in the same kind of mm-hmm. area as well. And they've got terrible internet service there. Oh, wow. So, yeah, because he's, like, on his show, which he does with Mark Bernardin, uh, Fat Man Beyond, he's always, like, dropping out and it's just, yeah, oh, That's really frustrating. Bad. Yeah. Anyway, we should move on because we've got a ton of stuff to talk about. The The next thing I do want to talk about is the WA Made Film Festival. So that is happening from March 12th to 14th, so it's over three days. And this is uh, being held at the Palace Cinema's Rain Square and um, it's it's put together predominantly by um, two people, managing director Jasmine Leves, who um, worked on Fringe World and a few other things, and friend of the show, Matthew Eels, who is the festival director. So he's the founder of... Um, Cinema Australia, which is an online um, space really for, which is dedicated to promoting and supporting all of Australian films. So there's lots of reviews and interviews. He gets some pretty stellar interviews mm. um, and he's also got a podcast so it's kind of come from from there I think um, to start off with. But so um, there's a bunch of uh, short films as, as well as uh, feature films and there's a few things that have been completely sold out. Um, those were the short film festival almost at like sessions. So there's a few of them sold out. The opening night sold out, which is for a feature film called Greenfield. So hopefully that gets a, a little bit more of a, a release. But there's um, a few other great 
films that are showing. One which sounds quite interesting to me called Everybody Gets Stabbed, which is, I know, which is, uh, well, I think you'll like the idea of this. It's like a David Lynch slash Taika Waititi combination um, dark horror comedy exploring toxic masculinity. So, I mean, it, it sounds just awesome. Um and the the film I do want to talk about is oh there's do you guys remember Ship to Shore? Yeah, it was a Perth made TV show. Yeah, so filmed like in Rockingham oh. and um, um, the Garden Island and Shoalwater that sort of area. Yeah, one of the I, kids that used to go to the comic shop I worked at uh, was on that show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm friends, well, not anymore with somebody who, who used to be on that. So, Fame got to them. <laughs> That's why you're not friends no, with them. No, he was lovely. We just oh. fell out of contact. Yeah. Became a childhood star, couldn't afford the drugs. No. Now works at McDonald's. No, I think he's got a real <laughs> legit proper job. Oh, oh okay, cool. Good enough. on him. He is a nice guy. He's done very well. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, the film that I want to talk about tonight um, is... Uh, from Sky to Sea, which Cecilia saw as well. And it's a beautiful documentary with some of the most amazing scenery that I would have really, like we, we got a screener so we could review it prior to its release, but I, this would be so magic on the big screen. It's set in um, Esperance mainly, and there's a bit of Coral Bay or Ningaloo Reef there as well. But um like I kept pausing it and saying and like going onto my my thing and going okay so how far is Esperance to drive there and <laughs> let's do a whale tour and like just planning something it just is stunning um so uh from sky to sea is directed by um Leighton DeBarros who is known for cinemato- like underwater cinematography and stuff like that and he's known this gentleman for quite a few years and his name is Jamin uh, Jamin Hudson, um, and he is a quadriplegic due to a an accident that happened when he was seventeen, and at like his parents own a dive shop. Um, he's you know he's always been a diver um, through his childhood, and and then to have something like that happen mm-hmm. and to not really be able to get back in the ocean because you know he doesn't have. Um, you know, the power in his lungs really to, you know, if, if something were to happen, he wouldn't be able to push the air out of his lungs. There's There was stuff that I learnt about quadriplegia in this film that I knew nothing about really. Um, so after his accident, he got into um, like drone work over Esperance mm. and it, over that area and filming um whales and dolphins and um, that sort of thing. And and it's been seen by millions of people. He's been interviewed by like internationally for his work. He's been recognised. But he his biggest desire really was to get back into the water and to get back into diving. So this documentary sort of looks at that... um, at that process for him but it also looks at his relationship with his wife Jess and his relationship even with Leighton who is trying to get him back into the back into the water um but you've got all of all of that happening as along with like just stunning stunning scenery um I had a few moments where I teared up just because it was so beautiful to look at um 
and the story, there were parts of the story that really got to me as well. This is such a well-made documentary. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, and it's showing at the WA Made Film Festival, I believe it's Sunday the 14th, and they're doing, it's the closing night. So there's an after party afterwards and, you know, drinks and the whole bizzo. So um, I think there might even be a QA. and a I'm not too sure. Um, I didn't see that maybe not um but yeah it's it's well worth it what did you think yeah look i i'm lucky that i've spent quite a lot of time in esperance living quite close when i was younger just um two hours away so being able to go down (sighs) all the time and yeah esperance is such a remarkable place beautiful beautiful scenery so yeah i felt quite nostalgic being able to watch this but what i think i really enjoyed is that i think despite this poor you know this guy's um you know accident he's able to push past that Mm. and he's able to find different avenues that he's passionate about Mm. so he's able to combine his love for the water through this drone work which I think is really lovely I think a lot of people in you know could give up at this point and just go you know whatever Uh, it's too hard yeah it's too hard but yeah and I found him really inspiring I think he's such a lovely yeah young man and I think there was so many moments in this film where he's like people were helping him to you know get in and out of vehicles and things like that get dressed yeah and he didn't seem hostile about that I feel like some people in that position would be like oh you know I can do it myself but he was very much oh thanks mate cheers mate Mm -hmm. I'm very Australian about it wasn't he and I I loved that and the beautiful moments he shared with his wife and, you know, saying on camera that he doesn't want her to be a carer, you know, his, you know, wife first and foremost. So mm-hmm. just absolutely brilliant. And, yeah, just seeing him. Uh, but I, I learned so much too. I didn't realise that there were issues with um, not being able to force kind of water out of your lungs as a, you know, quadriplegic. I didn't realise that was a, mm. an issue. I didn't realise that it affected you. And just like when Jess was discussing this, Jess is um, Jamin's wife, when she was discussing how difficult it is for him when he has a, a cold. Yeah. I was like, wow, that is madness. Like I just yeah. had no idea. It was so frightening, didn't it? Yeah. To, that she actually has to push on his diaphragm to expel Lick, um, well, the the phlegm. mucus, the yeah, mucus yeah. and phlegm. So he has to hit his diaphragm. Um, it, it to basically force force it, force it up because he can't cough himself. Which I just thought was, oh my god! Imagine having to do that to someone you care about, and then having to experience that uh-huh. as well. Just oh, goodness. there were parts of this film where I really felt, I really felt for her, like mm. because she has to really trust. Um, you know, Jamin's decisions that he's making and just some of the stuff that she has to go through. I'm like, that's so frightening, like, to to think about your partner doing, you yeah. know, trying to get back into the water and... Um, Even when they were in that swimming yeah. pool practising, yes. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, like, what's going to happen? Uh-huh. Is, you know, is he going to swallow too much water at any point? Like, you know, and I just felt so fearful. I but, know, I was stressed out. Oh, yeah. I, I have a bit of a fear of water anyway, so uh, I... I went to, I've been on a few trips where I've tried to do the whole snorkeling Mm. thing. And when I went to Thailand, Chris was just thought I wouldn't get into the water at all. But I did. I was hyperventilating and like I still got in. But I think like I'm completely able-bodied and yet, you know, I'm petrified and he's just like so keen to get back in the water. Mm. Um, But anyway, it's, it's a wonderful documentary and, you know, really you get to see some of the most beautiful um 
areas in, in WA. It even goes to, to Rottnest Island mm. as well. So um, if if you're interested, go and have a look at the website, um, wamadefilmfestival.com.au slash 2021 will give you the program, what's still available um, to go and see because a lot of the stuff hasn't sold out, but there are a few things, like I said, that have. So and then you can find out a little bit more information and go and get tickets to that closing night because it's just wonderful. You'll, you'll thank us for it mm. later. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So last week you guys were talking about how many film festivals we're lucky to to get here in Perth. And one of them is the French Film Festival, which is currently on now. Um, it is now, right? Uh, kicks off on March 10th, oh, okay. uh, runs through to March 28th. So, yeah, pretty so next much. next week. Pretty much, yeah. But if we talk about it now, people can get prepped and, and ready to go. Yeah, get so. their tickets. So you've both seen something. From the French film festival, we mm. did because yes. you seen a film. You seen the opening night film, Godmother. The, Godmother, yes, Godmother. Mm, that Which, sounds really cool. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely worth worth a watch. That one, very like Breaking Bad, but uh, a different take on it. Yeah. So Lewis talked about that in last week's show. Mm. So you can um, go back to the podcast and have a bit of a listen. But it sounds really good. Mm. And and Cecilia, you saw Night Shift. Yeah, I seen a film called Night Shift, which is uh, there's multiple screenings of this. So uh, if you like what you hear. Just jump on and have a look at the uh, screening that you want to go to. But uh, this is a film where we're introduced to three police officers. They're all kind of dealing with something uh, personal. So we get to kind of learn a little bit about them. You've got um, Virginie, who is this sole woman. Uh, She's working overtime to get away from her husband. She's got some kids at home. She's not quite dealing with that very well. One of them's very young, so she's not getting much sleep. Um, You've got... uh, Aristide, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name, and he's played by uh, Omar Sy, who was oh, in yep. the, the Untouchables, that fantastic film, uh, which I think came out in about 2011, uh, I think. Don't recall from memory. It was a uh, while ago. But it was certainly a, uh, a favourite, uh, yeah, for, for the French uh, film festival. But he's a bit of a, a bit of a clown, I would call him. He likes to joke around, a bit of a jokester. Uh, but he's quite easily impacted by what he witnesses on the job. So he's quite affected by that and he's you've got this kind of inner turmoil, uh, you know, bubbling. Um, you know, he finds it really difficult, particularly when there's, um, you know, the vulnerable involved, the kids, things like that. So, and then you've got Eric, who is a no-nonsense cop. He, but he does have a bit of an alcohol problem, unfortunately. So, they all volunteer to escort a illegal immigrant to the airport, where he will be uh, returned to his homeland, uh, and un- and from the reports that they're getting, likely to be killed or tortured when he gets back. Oh, God. Mm. So during their journey, they're weighing up this ethical dilemma, I suppose. Do they do their job or do they do something that might be not quite uh, legal but more ethical, mm. if that makes sense, without spoiling the mm. film? That's yep. really what they're trying to juggle. So I found myself quite engrossed in this film. I did watch it at home. I think this would have been a fantastic one to watch on cinema. Not that there's a lot of action happening and for a police film there's not a lot of action, but just watching the drama unfold and the the characters develop, I I would have loved to have seen that. But, yeah, I was really engrossed. It's told primarily through the female police officer, which I think is is quite cool. Uh, But, yeah, really enjoyable, really, yeah, really interesting film. And I think it really 
yeah, you can weigh up those things. I think police officers are really faced with this a lot in, in life about doing what they have to do for, you know, for the right reason, law and legal mm-hmm. reason, and but then doing what they think is ethically right. I think yeah. that, that must be something that comes up a bit mm-hmm. for them. I'm so. sure it does, especially with working with, um, you know, young people. Yeah. Because I've just noticed some chat on our social media about some you know, dodgy kids in our area. And I think there must be a fine line between, you know, too much policing mm. for them is n- they end up just um, in, you know, juvenile delinquent centres and and it doesn't go well. Is there something else? I almost feel like there needs to be something other than just um, police, ambulance and... and um, fire I feel like there needs to be a fourth arm which sort of deals with social issues Mm. so if you see um like a few years ago I was on a drive here and there was a kid sitting on the road um so I I had to stop my car and um you know sit with him and like I didn't know who to call but I Mm. couldn't just leave him there so it would have been good to be able to call like a, a emergency social worker as opposed to police you know, mm. like it just feels Which like there feels needs to more, be something else. Yeah, because police feels more like violent, you know. Well, not violent, I shouldn't use that word, but more like it kind of it gives the impression that this person was doing something wrong when yeah. they weren't necessarily doing something wrong. They just needed some assistance at that point in time. Yeah, so. they were just going through some emotional mm. stuff and, mm. and needed some help. So, uh, yeah, I always feel like there's the, it, there's a, a missing missing part but anyway Mm. that sounds good yeah no i loved this film i'm gonna score it a four a four uh, kfc burgers oh kfc meals Mm. there's kfc involved (laughs) okay i'm hungry now i kfc (laughs) (laughs) no so easily accepted um so we're gonna talk about some streaming stuff um i i watched moxie last night so i you know how Netflix will have this coming soon thing and you can watch some trailers for stuff that's coming soon? I've watched the Moxie trailer ages ago and then I've literally been going onto Netflix to figure out when when is it coming, when is it coming, because I keep forgetting the release date and it was yesterday. So I watched it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a really great high school story. Um, it's directed by Amy Poehler. It's based on a book... Um, and it follows this young girl, Vivian, who um, she's at this high school where they rank all of the all the girls, like the most bangable, the best boobs, the mm. best bum, um, you know, most obedient, like all of that sort of stuff. And um, like you think about it and think that's really gross um, and there's a lot of, um, you know, toxic masculinity happening in this high school and it just shouldn't fly but it just does everything just kind of you everyone just lets it happen and the principal just lets it happen um but a new student comes in and she decides that it's not like this school is weird the way that it deals with things and she decides to kind of try to put a complaint in about the um the star footballer who's played by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's son whose first name escapes me um, but his last name is Schwarzenegger. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh Pat, Patrick? Patrick. Patrick, Patrick yeah. yeah. Um, 
And, I mean, he's exactly what you would assume a star footballer to look like in any kind of high school movie. He's extremely good-looking but also extremely arrogant and um, just thinks he rules the place. And he kind of does uh, until Lucy comes along. Um, But, yeah, Lucy kind of shows Vivian, you know, the what's going on at this high school is is not right. And uh, Vivian goes home and gets a little bit of inspiration from her mother, played by Amy Poehler, um, who used to be quite the protester in her time. And she starts a, um, a magazine called Moxie and starts to point out these things. And she just, she is anonymous. She just drops them in, she photocopies them, chucks them in the bathroom for people to look at. And through this magazine, some of the toxic masculinity that's happening at the school is brought to light. And it's got your, your normal high school kind of dramas going on. Um, with, you know, her friendship with her best friend coming at odds because she's made all of these new friends and she's got a, you know, there's a bit of a romance happening with um, a young guy called um, Seth who's played by Nico um, Hiraga who I last saw in... um, uh, What's the one with the chicks in it? that I loved, Booksmart. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think of that film, I just think of uh, that that scene. Oh, where they're Barbie dolls? Oh, just all of it. Actually, <laughs> there's so many so good, good scenes in that film. There is. Um, this is a great movie. It, it ticks all the boxes if you're into that sort of thing. I, I quite like high school drama comedy things when they're done right, and this is done right, um, I thought. Anyway, I'm going to give this... Um, Four awards. Ooh, four (laughs) awards. Yeah, yeah. And it's really funny. While I was watching this, I was reminded that I went to summer camp back in 2004. That's one time at band camp. (laughs) Yeah. And when I went, I found out that – because they sort of talk about this – they're like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not on anyone's radar. We're not going to come up for like best rack and best bum. And like, it just means no one's really looking at us. So that's good. We can just fly under the radar. And in 2004, when I went to camp, I found out that the guys at camp were bags in girls. Uh-huh. Like, and I found this out on the first day that I arrived, that they were bags in girls to say, that's the one I'm going to tap and uh yeah it was all about I'd tap that I'd tap that and I didn't think much of it at the time but now I think about it and think that's so revolting Mm -hmm. because you basically just um the person is only they're only the female's only worth is to have sex with them and if they're good looking then I'm definitely going to tap that it's kind of gross thinking about it now mm. and it really wasn't that long ago but it seems that it's probably it's probably still happening stuff like that is still happening and I don't know what our Australian high schools are like there is a dynamic in in American high school movies that I don't think quite translates here to Australia because it, it's quite different the way things work but um you know like there's no star footballer and star well not when i was in high school anyway mm. but, that's so, why you need but to it's have, really good that's why you need to have a mix of males and females mm-hmm. and as soon as you put a lot of males together for long periods of time they kind of feed off each other mm-hmm. and it's not a good thing no. and i'm assuming that something similar happens with women when you got just women all together uh for long periods of time that they they might uh you know, to do a similar kind of thing. That's what I think. Yeah. You, you it need depends to have, on the group of people. Yeah, you need to have you know integration and mix 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 things up. There's a reason why there's variety in life, mm. and uh, yeah, yeah, 
just having large groups of the same gender is just silly and asking for trouble. Can be dangerous. Yes. Um, but anyway, you watched Palm Springs. Yeah, and if I can rewind it for a back a second, speaking about reward, awards. Oh, um, there you go. Uh, you know, Amy Poehler, of course, was uh, one of the co-hosts with uh, Tina Fey on the uh, the Golden Globes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because uh, they they do a lot of stuff together, don't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one they of them was together a, quite yeah, a lot. One of them was on one coast, uh, New York. The other one was in California, and so that was like same set behind them, but split screen, and they were like making jokes about that. Mm. Fact. So, yeah, um, yeah but uh, they, they they're always funny. Um, yeah, but there was another show, uh, another movie that uh, we saw come up on the Golden Globes. We went, oh, that looks quite interesting, mm. uh, and that was Palm Springs, which you can watch now on Amazon Prime, uh, and it was. Uh, uh, a, a show with Andy Samberg uh, and um, uh, Christine Melotti. Now, um, you may not know the name Christine Melotti, but she was the uh, mother in How I Met Your Mother. So she ah. came into the series at the very end. Uh, great comedic actress, really, really, really good. Um, and this uh, movie uh, it also stars uh, Tyler Hodgkins. Uh, you may not know his name either, but he is uh, Superman from the CW show, about to star in uh, Superman and Lois, which comes out soon. Uh, and also J.K. Simmons, um, who you, you may know from uh, the Spider-Man Everything. films. and uh, <laughs> Whiplash. 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 Yeah. Oh, June Squibb's in this film too. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we love a bit of June Squibb. We yeah. do. So there's a, it's a, um, a good cast, uh, definitely. Uh, and it is... A movie uh, of a time loop. So we're talking... Another time loop yeah, film. We're talking Groundhog Day uh, here. We're talking a day that never ends. So um, Andy Samberg's character, uh, Niles, um, is his day that he's caught a perpetual loop of is the wedding of his girlfriend's best friend. Can't think... Like, it's not even, like, a family member. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... I'm like a tangented person from your life. Mm. But there's I can't think of anything worse. Reliving somebody else's wedding every single day. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a really interesting movie. Uh, and and the thing is, it's like most of these these films, there's one person that's affected by it. Yeah. And and no one else is affected by it. They'll talk to other people, but then of course, when they loop, they come back the next day, and the other person. It's what makes it so fun because only one person's experiencing it, I think, and no one believes them. So in <laughs> this film, you throw that on its head because yeah. you've got uh, you got Niles. He's been experiencing this for a long time. He doesn't know how long he's been experiencing it for, but it's every day he's getting up and it's the same day. And he can't stop it and he can't kill himself because if he kills himself, it starts the same day again. Same, same so, as Groundhog. Yeah. So uh, he's experiencing this. And then uh, one day uh, he has a uh, – Sarah, who is uh, the sister of the girl getting married and also one of the bridesmaids, uh, she um, – goes to the catalyst for what starts his uh, time loop. Um, and she finds herself in the time loop as well. So every day she's also reliving the same day. Uh, so they're reliving the same day together. So he actually has somebody in in there. Uh, and also there's another character as well who is in, in the time loop as well uh, and isn't very happy about it. Uh, but I'm not going to tell you which character that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it makes for just a different spin on the, the time loop Groundhog Day kind of situation. And it is a, a romantic comedy as well because you've got these, these two people who, you know, they're living the same day but 
via what they're doing, they're getting to know each other and, you know, love blossoms and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but it was just, it was, it was funny, it was touching, it was romantic, it was like weird with the, the, the whole time loopy thing. There was lots of, you know, deaths. They, they take themselves out in various different ways. Um, it, I, I think for a you know, time loop film, for a concept we've seen quite a bit of, mm-hmm. uh, it was really well executed. Mm. Um, and I looked at the, uh, the budget for it, it was only like five million bucks to make it as well, ah. mm. which is for a movie, it's pocket change. So uh, they've done a, a really great job. Uh, and I think if you're like going around the streaming services um, and looking for something to to, ca- to watch, mm. uh, this is not 90 minutes you will waste. Uh, I think you will you will enjoy it. Uh, there is a uh, not a post-credit scene but a, like a mid-credit scene. So do stay tuned for that because right. you'll get to the end of the film and go, hang on a tick, what about? And then they answer your what about. So, oh, good. Yeah. okay, yeah. cool, good, good. I, um, so don't stop it because you'll just be thinking, that was mean. <laughs> I did listen to Andy Sandberg talking about this on Armchair Expert with um, – Dax Shepard, and I, I was like well up for seeing this and then I was annoyed that I couldn't find it on, on where I wanted mm. it. So I'll have to, yeah, get Prime. But, yeah, sounds good. I'm always looking for a good comedy to yeah. watch too. So, yeah, I think I'll check this one out. That do it. Tell me what you think. I, I really enjoyed it. Speaking of comedies, Judas and the Black Messiah, not a comedy? No, not a comedy. It sounds a bit like a comedy but but it's not. So it's actually the biopic which retells the uh, 1969 uh, FBI-led assassination of Fred Hampton uh, who was the deputy chairman of the Black Panther Party. So I don't know how much you guys know about the Black Panther Party? Mostly only what I learned and at mm. in that movie Seaberg. Ah, Seaberg. yeah. So it's a, a an organisation, a political organisation that was founded in 1966 and it was really to challenge police brutality against African-American uh, people. So people dressed in black berets and black leather jackets and attended, you know, events to, to really kind of um, make their political stance known and that, you know, this was wrong. Unfortunately, it, it declined a lot though because there was lots of uh, deadly shootouts over it. Uh, you know, FBI uh, kind of weakened the organisation by getting informants to go in and, and do things like that. And that's really what happens in this film. You've got, uh, you know, the uh, Fred Hampton, who's played by Daniel Kaluuya in this film, but you've also got uh, Lakeith Stansfield, who plays William O'Neill, who is offered a plea deal by the FBI uh, after he gets kind of done for, you know, stealing a car, I think it was, or impersonating an FBI agent. So he's asked to infiltrate the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party to gather intelligence on Chairman uh, Fred Hampton, where you get that Judas from. Uh, in the title of the film Mm -hmm. and kind of ultimately brings it down. So that's the premise of the film. So it's, you know, as far as performances in this film go, you know, Hampton, uh, uh, yeah, so Fred, the guy who plays Fred Hampton, Daniel Kaluuya, does a fantastic job. I love Daniel Kaluuya. I think he's just done some exceptional work. Mm. We were saying before how he is British and, you know, you often see him in films where he's doing an American accent. So a lot of people don't know that he's actually British. No, I didn't. And I see uh, Lakeith Stanford is in this. Absolutely. He plays the uh, William O'Neill who infiltrates the, the chapter and brings it 
kind of brings it down. So, yeah, it's an interesting film. I didn't know a lot about the Black Panthers uh, or this particular assassination um, or uh, infiltration, sorry. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting film. The only thing is, is I think it's centred potentially on the wrong people. So it, okay. it kind of focuses a little bit too much on William O'Neill's involvement uh, rather than Fred Hampton, who was the, the chair of the, the Illinois chapter. So I would mm. have liked to see a little bit more of his story uh, explored. But, uh, you know, that's just what they've decided to go with with this film. So, And uh, this is out next week. Uh, if you're listening live, it it's out next week on, uh, it'd be the 11th, March I guess. 11th. Yeah, mm. it's also got Jesse Plemons in the film as well. But yeah, even if you just want to go and see a great performance by Daniel Kaluuya and to learn a little bit more about the Black Panthers. I, I really do enjoy seeing um, uh, Jesse Plemons in things. He's, oh he's like a, a young Philip Seymour Hoffman. I don't know if you ever saw The Master. Yes. Um, yeah. But they actually hired him to play um, his son, oh. which made so much sense because they kind of look quite a lot alike. He's yeah. he's just such a great character actor. I I just enjoy him every in every time I see him. He's he's really yeah. Fantastic. I remember when I first seen him, I thought, who's this? Because he's quite an interesting looking person. Yeah, not, not in a bad way, but yeah. And then just over time, I've really every time I see him, I go, oh, it's Jesse Plemons. You know, fantastic. We'll get a great performance from this guy. This is like Ben Foster. Why does Ben Foster not have any awards? I don't know. But I freaking love him. But yeah, but Jesse Plemons is married to um Kirsten Dunst. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, which that's I, right. Yeah, I only found out recently. There mm. you go. Um, that's pretty much us for the for the night. Um, is there anything else we want to cover off? It has been a big show. We have covered a lot. Mm. Well, we? well done, don't, us. Don't forget tomorrow night, uh, final episode of WandaVision. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I must say, I last week's episode is the first one I didn't enjoy. Really? Really. I, I didn't like, I just didn't get into it. Just didn't get into it. You know what I, I said to Chris, which is hilarious. I said, oh, there's a witch now and I'm not really into witches. It's not very realistic. And I'm like, I'm saying this fully aware of the irony mm. that the whole Marvel Cinema Universe is not realistic. But there's just something about witches that just makes it even more silly. Also, you'll watch a show about a character called the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I've realised this, but it was... I think Agatha's um, presence that I didn't enjoy and her, her like she's a proper witch, mm. like not like a, a witch that's got her powers from somewhere but like, you know, a I, witch from the 1600s I or whatever. I would also like to point out uh, to date one of your favourite movie franchises yeah, look, <laughs> is Harry Potter. Yeah, I know, but that doesn't <laughs> count. That's different. <laughs> I don't know. It was something just didn't sit right with me. But um, I am interested to see the last episode. I'm I'm well up for it. And also tomorrow night, uh, if you want to pay for it, uh, there is the uh, debut of Raya and the Last Dragon on Disney ah, Plus as well. Oh, right. I did just yeah. watch the trailer for that one yesterday. Yeah. And I think it's going to be out in cinemas as well. Yeah, mm. I believe it is if, if you're lucky enough to mm. be able to, to enter a cinema. True, true. Um, I think that's pretty much everything covered off. Um, I just have to figure out a song to play us out with, which is Jolly the good. appropriate amount of minutes. That is, oh, look at us go. Finishing on time, covering lots and lots of films and, uh, well, I think there's going to be even more as the weeks go on. Well, Excellent. there's heaps of great screenings com coming up. The, the Father, which I'm looking forward to, I 
film called French Exit with Michelle Pfeiffer yes. and Lucas Hedges. Uh, again, where is Lucas Hedges? Oscar? I know. There's there's um, a few of them, isn't there? I we know. should start we our list. I know. <gasps> we should do a list we for Tangent City of like all of the people who where, who where are they? Where is their Oscar? Mm-hmm. I think that's a great episode idea. Why are they all blonde? What's going on with that? Yeah, interesting. Mm. Yeah, they're all blonde and a little bit ginger kind of. Gingery thrown in too. I do like a bit of ginger. Love a bit of ginger. So. Uh, yeah, but that's weird. We need to open our uh, our horizons a little bit there. Yeah, we do. We're being a bit, uh, what's the word? Discriminate? No, discriminating against non-ginger people. <laughs> well, I feel like ginger people deserve to be respected and yeah. honoured. It's their time. I just realised why WandaVision it wasn't quite as good or didn't grab us mm-hmm. as much that last episode. There was no sitcom trope to it. Yeah, yeah, probably. That's what it is. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Anyway, we shall catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.